Antonio had a slight limp and moved at a slower pace, so as he and Kai passed the food court and the entrance to the water park, Kai felt the eyes of each orange polo-clad employee staring at him. Half of his co-workers had probably already heard about what went down earlier with Camille. No doubt the story had evolved to include some elements that weren't true. By now, people were probably saying that Kai was the one who threw up and that he'd cursed at a child, not an adult. The rumor mill game at Sailor Joe's was strong. They finally reached the game section and walked by the ring toss stand, whack-a-mole, and shooting baskets before they finally stopped at balloon darts. A girl was already sitting at the booth with her head down, flipping through a magazine. She was petite and brown-skinned. Her hair was parted down the middle and slicked back into a curly ponytail. She glanced up as they approached, and Kai vaguely recognized her. He'd seen her around the park wearing those same bright red circular glasses. Zyla turned in his direction. She gave him a quick once-over, pausing on his red and black retro J's before turning her gaze to his face. Something about her direct and unflinching stare made Kai stand up a little straighter. She had big hazel eyes and a thin silver septum nose ring. Her lip gloss shimmered in the sun. Wait, why was he staring at her lips? Look at him, losing focus already. That's a quote from Zyla and Kai by Christina Forrest. This is Why a Book Chat, and I'm your host, Leah Stuhler. Hi, I'm Bethany Finger, the host of Prince Kai Thampod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast. Join me every week during my read-along journey through all of the books by author Marissa Meyer, one chapter at a time, spoiler-free. Each episode will feature a different guest, new fan art, and laughter and joy through reading. You can find Prince Kai Fan Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other listening platforms. And now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of YA Book Chat. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your support, especially now that I am at the start of season three. Hard to believe, but season three is here already. And I have really been enjoying my time doing this podcast, and I'm excited that I get to continue doing it. And of course, I could not do it without all of you, my listeners, and the support of those who are my Patreon members. So thank you to all of you. Today, I am covering a new book. It is called Zyla and Kai, and it's by Christina Forrest. And this is a young adult contemporary romance, but it's not your typical YA contemporary romance. It's a little bit different. So we are going to have a lot of fun digging into this. And I have my friend Bethany from the Prince Kai Fan Pod here with me, because who else would I start off my brand new season with than my bestie, my podcasting bestie? How are you, Bethany? I'm good. Congratulations on three seasons. Thank you. I feel like because that was your first episode, maybe I should be the first episode of all your seasons. We could arrange that. That can happen. <laughs> Is that a thing? Have we, we'll, we've already done it twice. Maybe we did. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll I'll have to look back, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> right. So I know that you just moved into a new house, but are you currently reading anything else? Oh my gosh, yes. I'm reading so much right now because I'm obsessed with audiobooks and I'm unpacking an entire house. So yeah, I just finished. (laughs) I just, I finally finished the Miss Peregrine series by Ransom Riggs, which is phenomenal. And the audiobooks are 
so good. Like I know I constantly on my podcast talk about how good audiobooks are, but when it's a scary book and your scary voice is terrifying, like that's some talent right there. So very good job on that. Nice. Um, <laughs> what am I reading? I just finished that. And today I started reading another book. I think it's called Call Me Maybe. Uh, yeah, Call Me Maybe by Cara Bastone. And it's really good so far. Nice. So it's a contemporary romance. Oh, another one. Very cool. Yes. And it's um it's uh Cassie from Of Slippers and Spindles. It's her favorite framing device, which is um secret uh pen pals, like when you don't know the other person. Oh. Anonymous. Anonymous pen pals. That sounds really fun. I like that. Yeah, it is super fun. Well, as of the date we are recording this, I'm currently reading Beta by M.T. Zimmy, and I'm really enjoying it. And then after that, I have Karen McManus's new book that is on tap. I just received the arc of it from Penguin Random House, and I'm super excited. Nice. It's like a murder mystery, which I find I've really been enjoying these type a lot more, like YA thriller and murder mysteries. I've just started getting into them. So I'm excited to read that next too. I forget. Have you read the retellings by Terza Price? No, not yet. Pride and Premeditation and Sense and Second Degree Murder? I have not yet, but they are on my list. They're so good. They're so good. And the next one is called Manslaughter Park. (laughs) <laughs> and it comes out next year. I'm super excited. Um, I just love that name. Can I just say like that. how awesome it is that you get arcs from huge publishing companies like Simon and Schuster, like I and know. Penguin and Marissa, and just like I just I'm so excited because I remember when we first started talking and you first started the podcast, you're like, wouldn't it be cool if someday somebody gave me like an arc? And now you get so many of them and you have all these wonderful authors that like come on episodes. Like, I think it's just super rad. It is really exciting. And I feel very blessed and very privileged and I love it. And my bookcases are overflowing. (laughs) So yes, I have, I've like graduated from my bookcases being full to my like TBR shelf in my bedroom that is now full. So now I just have started stacking them on my nightstand. Um, It's going to get to a point though, where I can't do that anymore. And then I'm not sure what's going to happen. (laughs) So I have never had a TBR shelf. Like what I normally do is if, if it hasn't been read yet, I'll pull it forward so that it's separated from all the other books. But this new house that we just moved into has built-ins in the living room. And my husband was like, oh, you could have like a little reading note here and we'll put all your bookshelves in the living room. And then when people come in, they'll see all the books. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. And he was like, and you could put books on the little shelves too. And I was like, you know, that would actually be like really disruptive to my organization of the bookshelf, <laughs> but I could have my TBR over there. There you go. So See? yeah, I'm excited whenever we get bookshelves, cause all of mine broke in the move, but mm. whenever we do get bookshelves, that'll be my, my goal. <laughs> that is a really good plan. I love that. And I love, I love that your husband is like, so like the one suggesting it. You know, and he's like, I know. he's like, we could put all your, well, cause the, the living room, dining room, family room area in this new house is probably 
a half, like a quarter of the house, if not more, or maybe even a third, because it's just so massive. So we're actually going to have enough room in that section for our gaming, our like living room setup, a reading nook and our dining room table. Wow. And gaming is huge because we both have like matching desks and chairs and big TVs. Cause my husband and I are nerds. We read and we play video games. Um, <laughs> So I just thought it was really cool because like as soon as we walked in, he was like, oh, this is going to be great. We could do like the whole room could be like filled with your books. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I married you. Like, <laughs> right. Like you just made me love you even more. Yeah. I was like, I'm so glad I married you. And he's like, I mean, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So yeah. humble. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to come visit so I can see this like new house and the setup yes! of yours and your reading deck once it's and all set up. It's probably too late for you to do it, but in October, there's a Las Vegas book festival. Oh man. October 22nd and you'll have a place to stay. Oh. You, you, Leah will have a place to stay. Listeners. Sorry. I don't know you. You're not sleeping on my couch, but like Leah, you can sleep in my guest room. It's fine. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If I had not just literally like one hour ago purchased plane tickets for a trip for the first weekend of October, I probably would actually do that. I did. I did. I wish you could. I know. I'm going to my... I'm still hoping I can go to um, Y'all Fest in November. That would be awesome. I have a job interview tomorrow. And if it goes well, I will finally have a job, which I'm really hopeful for. Yay. So we'll see what happens. Well, let's do our spoiler-free plot overview. I'm going to read okay. the book jacket here so we can read what Zyla and Kai is all about. While on a school trip to the Pocono Mountains in the middle of a storm, high school seniors Zyla Matthews and Kai Johnson disappear together, leaving their friends and family confused. As far as everyone knows, Zyla and Kai have been broken up for months, and honestly, their breakup hadn't surprised anyone. Zyla was a cynic about love. She'd witnessed the disillusion of her parents' marriage early in life, and it left an indelible impression. Her only aim was going to fashion school abroad. Until she met Kai. Kai was a serial monogamist and a hopeless romantic. He'd put a temporary pause on his dating life before senior year to focus on school and getting into his dream, HBCU. Until he met Zyla. Alternating between the past and the present, we see the love story unfold from both Zyla's and Kai's perspectives. How they met while working together at an amusement park, how they fell in love during the school year, and why they ultimately, dramatically, predictably broke up. Or did they? (laughs) So this is a really fun, cute, contemporary YA that I really enjoyed. Um, So what are some of your thoughts about this? Spoiler-free thoughts, Bethany. First of all, I think we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. I love this framing device. I love the like back and forth between like, this is what's happening now. And this is what happened uh, before. And I love the back and forth of like, because it starts, I think this is more of a common trend in the last few years for like movies and TV shows and books, but it starts with the end. It starts with like, this happened and it's scary. How did we get there? And I always think that's an interesting framing device because it keeps you going. It keeps you going Mm -hmm. from one chapter to the next, trying to figure out, okay, well, how did this one tiny little thing lead to them disappearing in the mountains? 
So um, yeah, I absolutely loved the framing device. I loved the drama. I lived for it. I I think, I think it's so interesting because when you're a teenager, everything feels like this is the biggest thing in the world. At least when I was a teenager, I felt like that all the time, every minuscule thing. It was like, how is there anything in my life that's going to be a, have a bigger impact than this tiny little moment right now. And I remember having friends with boyfriends and girlfriends where it was just like toxic and dramatic for the sake of being dramatic. And I remember like rumors turning into like, their own living entity because they had nothing to do with the original Mm -hmm. um, situation. But because one person said this and one person said that it's now this huge catastrophic thing that didn't actually exist or happen. So I absolutely loved this book. And I, I listened to the audio book because I'm (laughs) moving. I listened while I was moving and packing and things like that. And I think the audio book was very well done. We'll be back after a quick break. Out of the woods can the moon... Moon Carter is a family fictional podcast, and I mean for the family. Parents, do you find it really hard to make it through your children's podcasts? Then listen to Moon Carter and join me, Splot, and the gang on our magical adventures. Click all the links below or get it from where you get your podcast from. But if you need to be told that, then I worry about you. Splat. It's like drink water from where water's from. Not, What's that about? Not helping. Um, Moon Carter is a podcast. You like it? I... Nice. I haven't listened to the audiobook, but um, I might have to do that at some point. I So I agree with all of that. I, yeah do have to admit that I also really enjoyed the drama aspect because there was a lot of teenage drama in this book, but what made it really fun was how realistic it was. Yeah. You know, like all the things that happened, like you said, it's like I was reliving high school and experiencing all of this drama that not necessarily I went through, but you know, my friends would deal with, with their mm-hmm. boyfriends or girlfriends. And then it's or just friends. Like, yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. regular friends. We, Oh, I could tell you stories. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is that young adult fiction is very dramatic in general, mm-hmm. but usually the influences are outside forces, a wicked queen, a villain of some kind, people with powers, people without powers, uh, political oppression, 500 years in the future. Like, this is actual drama that teens experience. Mm-hmm. They're not secret princesses. They're not secret superheroes. They don't have a secret mission. They're not like fighting for survival in the wilderness. This is actual drama that kids deal with. Divorced parents. I was there in high school. That was horrible. Yeah. Um, breakups, friendships, having to work like part-time jobs in the summer, trying to be like, I'm only going to focus on school. And then all this other stuff happens. Like Mm -hmm. that is an actual dramatic experience that teenagers deal with. And I feel like that's, what's going to make it so much more relatable to teen readers. I agree. And we also have you know, um, very realistic situations with their family life. Like you were saying, Mm -hmm. we have one who's in a divorce and on the other one whose parents have died. And so he lives with his aunt and uncle, which is also something that's very realistic and happens. So it's just, you know, and then they're dating and all, all of what comes with dating and the insecurities that they feel and, you know, trying to figure out when it's going to be 
the time for it to happen, you know, like all of, all of the things, but it's just a really fun story. And the characters are really great. I love that. We do see things from both Zyla and Kai's perspective, which is really cool. Yeah. I love the back and forth perspective when it comes to a romance. Yeah. The only thing for me that was a little bit off. Now I don't mind the, the, like the, the two different time periods, the present and the past, like mm-hmm. now I was fine with that. Um, and like you said, this book, we start off with the first chapter where Zyla and Kai are missing. So that's yeah. the present. And then we go back to the past and kind of end up, you know, throughout the book, getting there. And this is actually the second book that I've read recently where that has been the format for it. And I don't have a problem with that. What was weird to me was, so the way that she does the chapters in present day, it's almost like, like it's from, it's from like a narrator's perspective. It's not from Zyla or Kai's perspective, but the way that it's written is almost like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's almost like a comical in a way, kind of like, like a voiceover you would hear on a cartoon, like, and now we see these two doing this. And but what, you know, what it reminds me of this was, is- um, Desperate Housewives. Yes. Where yes, like every episode is. had like a tiny voiceover every once in a while that would, you know, just be like, but little did they know, or yeah, and that's how she found out, or whatever. Like that's what it genuinely reminded me of was um, concepts like like Desperate Housewives, where it's just like there's an there's a story and a plot, but there's also an overall narrator that sometimes just like gives you a sentence or two, right? Except in this case, we get like a whole chapter from the right. narrator. Right. So I think it was just my brain was just like having to having to switch between um the you know perspectives the point of views of Zylan Kai to them this like outside narrator just kind of messed with me a little bit that was the only thing that I kind of had a little bit of an issue with but otherwise I really right. liked it I mean it was like it was fine it still it still tells the story in present day and you can understand it easily it's just it was just weird for me at least like having this outside narrator desperate housewife's voice <laughs> when the rest of the time I'm reading it from Zyla or Kai's perspective. It, I think we talked about this before we started recording too. It does take a little bit to get adjusted to the framing device because not only do we have dual perspectives, we have that outside perspective, like what you mentioned. And then on top of that, we have two different timelines And the previous timeline is disjointed. It is not Mm -hmm. in chronological order. So we have like a scene and it might be from one perspective or the other, but then we'll randomly have the word then, and then an entire chapter that's a flashback to something that happened, but we don't know when it happened. We don't know how long ago it might be like, you know, they might give us some clues as to what time of year it was by like the temperature mm-hmm. or something, but we don't necessarily know the exact date and time that this happened. And so I think it's, it does, I think it does take a second to get used to, but I like it. It reminds me a lot of the Sea Witch series we did where yeah. uh, it was like three days before or no, wait, it was in a British accent, right? So it was like yes. three days before, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever. Like I thought that was such a cool framing device. So yeah, I liked that in terms of the way of like of storytelling. I agree. I like that a lot too. It was some parts of it were not necessarily confusing, but I guess it was just like, so, okay. It keeps you because of the way that she wrote it. It does keep you like 
on your toes and needing to keep reading it, you know, because she'll like in one of the present day chapters, one of the characters will say, well, maybe that, you know, something like maybe they were fighting about this because remember what happened in on Halloween or then there's another one, like, remember what happened on Valentine's day, but we as we as the reader haven't gotten that information yet. And it is, and then it's like three more chapters until you find out what happened on Halloween or. I think that's also a good way to keep your reader interested. Right. You know, instead of many chapters, many authors will write cliffhangers basically at the end of every chapter so that you turn the page. Mm -hmm. Um, Marissa Meyer that's one of her signature moves as an author. If you pay attention, like every chapter she has, there's just like a tiny little cliffhanger there of like every last sentence is like, dun, dun, dun. Yep. <laughs> but that's a, that's a, a device that, you know, talented writers are going to use to try and motivate their readers to keep reading, to come back for the next chapter, to not put the book down and go do something else. And I think that that was well done here. I think it was well established that at the end of every chapter, the next chapter was going to have information that we really needed. Yeah, I agree completely because you get information in the present that you haven't read about from the past yet. And so you're like, wait, what are they talking about? What incident? What happened? So you have to keep going. Like it definitely keeps your interest, which is really great. And I love a book that is able to pique my interest like that and keep me guessing, like not just, you know, like a little bit, but a lot. So like almost every chapter I'm like, oh, oh my goodness. You know, something new piques my interest. So Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that the constant back and forth was a good way to do that because also I hope this isn't a spoiler, but also the back and forth is where we get the drama, right? That's where we get the narrator saying like this dramatic thing happened. And then we get to see that scene ourselves. We get to, we get to experience it and play it out and decide for ourselves. Is that really dramatic or not? And it it is, but it is. It's, it's nice to have the opportunity to do that. I think. No, I agree. So yeah. So overall, I really enjoyed this book a lot. I definitely recommend it to those of you who really enjoy YA contemporary romance. I think it is a fun, fantastic read. Uh, Like we both said, you know, very true to high school romance (laughs) relationships and even friendships and teenage drama and um, just very reminiscent of all of that. And, but it's a great, like, coming of age story as well, because Isla and Kai both learn a lot about themselves and they learn a lot more about each other. There's growth that happens within both of these characters. So it's just a fantastic book overall. I agree 100%. Now, do you have any books that you would recommend that are similar to this? So I actually just, one that I read that has a similar framing device that's set up the same way, like with the, the big, like, scary thing happens first and uh-huh. then we have to go backwards. Um, but also, and then flipping back and forth between present and past is we made it all up by Margot Harrison. So it's, it starts out with like the first chapter is these kids who are, um, they're like meeting at a cave and it's two boys and two girls. And, you know, and then like the next thing they know, like the next day they find out that one of the boys was killed. And so like, that's how it starts, but they, they, they don't know what happened. They don't remember what happened. So 
they have to um, figure it out. So then we go back in time and switch, you know, back and forth between the past and the present to figure out what happened to him. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's a good one too. It's not, it's not a romance. It's definitely more of a, like a mystery type, but it also does really well in that it tackles some issues that like real issues that teens deal with, like bullying and anxiety and, you know, wanting to fit in, like when you've just moved somewhere new. So it has a lot of really great themes in it as well. Yeah. I would also say like on those lines in terms of like real issues that teens actually deal with, especially in terms of peer pressure and planning for the future, basically anything by Meg Cabot is going to deal with that stuff. It might come from the voice of someone who was a secret princess, um, <laughs> but those drama, that drama is definitely there, um, especially in her series, All American Girl. Uh, so I made like a little list of books that I've read that are similar. Okay. So, um, Love Radio by Ebony Liddell, Confessions of an Alleged Girl, Good Girl by Joya Goffney, which is really funny. And Finding Jupiter by Kellis Rowe. I also recently got an arc of a book that was really similar called Long Story Short by Serena Kaler. I'm, I'm, the reason I think it's similar is because it's here for the drama, mm-hmm. right? It's here for the drama. It's about trying to figure out what you're going to do after high school. And it does deal with like, dude, I have anxiety. What am I supposed to do with all these people in my life? Um, So yeah. And then, like I said, I mean, anything by Meg Cabot, but especially I would say um, Pants on Fire, All American Girl, and probably the Abandoned series was very dramatic, but for different reasons. Um, (laughs) So I did enjoy that series a lot. Um, Yeah, I think those would be like the top two, the All American Girl series, which I think is just a duology and um, Pans on Fire because they just they deal. This is just a teenager having a real life experience. And here's the drama that unfolds like that's what it is. Um, And like we talked about before, I don't think we get enough books with that M.O. You know, it's all dystopia, fantasy and sci fi. Like those are the three most and maybe superheroes, which I think is still sci fi, but that's a debate within the community. Um, (laughs) But I think those are your three main genres in young adult literature. Um, And then subsequent to that would be romance. And then after that would be everything else and not enough of it is contemporary, uh, realistic fiction. I agree. Well, thank you for all those book recommendations. They sound great. So, and now my listeners have some more that are similar to Zyla and Kai that you guys can go and check out. All right. Well, we are ready to dive into spoilers. So if you have not yet read Zyla and Kai and you don't want it to be spoiled, then you would please stop listening here. And after you read the book, come back and listen to the rest of the episode. But if you have read Zyla and Kai by Christina Forrest, or if you don't really care about spoilers, then continue to listen to the rest of the episode. All right. That was your warning. So here we go. I feel like we need to start with the teen drama because oh my there's, gosh, there's so much of it. And it's I, just so fun. <laughs> like we could nutshell most of it. Like oh my god. Zyla, single mom who's like always out dating, divorced oh. parent, absent father. Um, and then we have we have Kai dates way too much, mm-hmm. parents died. He sees a therapist. Oh yeah, which I also wanted to mention because I loved that that was in this book. I thought that that was fantastic because it really helps normalize 
the need, you know, to go to a therapist, that going to a therapist is okay. Even for teenagers, like, I mean, you really need that sometimes like adults need it. Teenagers need it. Cause we all go through a lot of stuff. And so I loved that, that aspect that she included that in here with Kai going to see a therapist, because I mean, he did go through a lot. His parents died. And right. so he's living with his aunt and uncle but it really helps him a lot when he goes to see his therapist to be able to talk through things. And I think that that's so important. And, you know, so many people just put like a negative stigma on going to therapy and it really do. And it's horrible because it really is so helpful. Like I've seen it help, you know, my son and, you know, me and my husband, like, it's just, it's so beneficial. So I, I love that that was included in this book. I've talked to people about that before, because I don't, know where the stigma against therapy came from, but I've talked to people before where I'm like, what would you do if you had a broken bone? You would go to a doctor. You can't fix a bone yourself. And you know that your brain and your heart are no different. If you are having problems, that is what those doctors are there for. I think our society currently is becoming much better about you know, accepting social norms like anxiety, depression, um, seeking counseling and therapy. But I, I do think that this is probably one of the first times I've seen it effectively in current literature. Again, there is quite a few uh, moments throughout the Meg Cabot series, especially in the Princess Diary. She goes into a very severe depression and she has to see a therapist and it's incredibly relatable. Um, also, a lot of the books by Ellen Conford feature that not necessarily a trope, I guess, but they include the fact that going to a therapist is normal. Um, and then just because I like to recommend things, if you, if you do need a therapist, <laughs> and you don't have money or you don't have time, or you don't want to, you know, set up like an, a, a system or something like that, you can go to betterhelp.com, mm-hmm. um, where you can work with a, an online therapist. And I mean, you never have to talk to them again. If you don't want to, you can just call and talk to somebody for a little while and vent and get it out. And then, you know, try to, try to recenter yourself and move forward. Um, and I'm hoping that students who are or, or teens um, who read this book will see that. They'll see that like having a therapist can have a positive impact. And when their parents get divorced or they have depression or anxiety or drama or they, they lose a family member or just somebody that they're really close to, they'll see like, well, maybe I should go see a therapist. It helped this person in this book I liked. Yeah, definitely. Because it does, it does help Kai. We see his discussions multiple times with his therapist throughout the story. And we see how he really takes to heart what his therapist says and how it does help him as he goes along. Yeah. And we see in his inner monologue, he's constantly like, well, this is what my therapist said I should do. Or what Mm -hmm. did my therapist tell me? Or he's constantly remembering like the tools his therapist gave him to handle those triggers and stresses in his life. Yeah, which is fantastic. So, agreed. All right. All right. So, Kai, right? So, he does have like nine, what, nine ex girlfriends? And there's so many, so many, right? I mean, he's, he's in high school, but like, that's still, that's a lot for, for, <laughs> I think that's a lot because it's high school. Yeah. You know, if you're like 35 and you have nine exes, I'm like, that checks out. You know, I think so. When but... you're like 18, I'm like, how did you date that many people in four or five years? Like, when did you get your first girlfriend? <laughs> he just like... goes from girl to girl. But also, I dated like basically one person in high school. 
Like from the end of my freshman year to the middle of my senior year, I dated one person. So to me, like the concept of having like all these, and honestly, like as an adult, I'm like, why was I dating anybody? I was 15. Like, but (laughs) it's just crazy to me to think that like in the time I had one relationship, I could have had like nine. That's so exciting. Which is why too, Kai's aunt and uncle are like, um, we think you kind of need to cool it and take a break from girls for a while. Maybe focus on school. Really young. So like, I don't even have nine exes now. Like (laughs) I have like four exes. It's okay. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not like it's a badge of honor or something, you know, no, 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 I mean, no, no. I'm just saying like, even now I can't relate to having that many former paramours. Yeah. <laughs> Me either. I don't think I have either. I don't know. So I got married at 22. Like I, that's you true. know, that's not a lot of dating experience. True. I was 25. So, so one of my favorite dramatic moments in this book is actually at the very beginning when he and Camille like have broken up or he thinks that they're broken up, but apparently Camille doesn't think that they were broken up. Like Ross and Rachel, we were on a break. So, yes, they were. Come like, for me. Come he, for me, Rachel Stan. <laughs> they were definitely on a break. <laughs> but so, so Camille comes up to him and he's working what, like the tilt-a-whirl or something. <laughs> And so she comes and up he, to him and starts she gets him in trouble. Yeah. But, but he loses, she's arguing with him while he's running the ride. And so he forgets and loses track and lets it run too long. And like these kids start puking on the ride <laughs> and all this stuff. It was, and she's just like standing there yelling at him. She doesn't even care. And all the, the patrons like, are how like, how dare you focus on this tilt world when I'm trying to talk to you about our relationship. I know. Everyone's like, yelling, turn it off, turn it off. These kids start it's puking so because it's like, uh, I actually have like a slight fear of amusement rides um, mm. because you can get easily hurt and sick. And I'm susceptible to motion sickness. So I can only imagine how much I would freak out if I was stuck on this ride too long. Yeah. Um, but it's so interesting because it's one of the, it, it is, it's the first scene we get with Camille and she doesn't change throughout the rest of the book. No, she doesn't. She I reveals say- her villainous nature early on and she doesn't retract from it in any way. Yeah. And I would say that like three quarters of the drama in this book comes from Camille. It comes from Camille. Yeah, for sure. So what, cause what's funny is, so after, after that incident, their boss switches Kai to work in the games area, which is how he meets Zyla. Cause he gets put in her booth, the balloon dart booth, but like Camille will, who previous prior to this, never like went to the games area all of a sudden right. starts walking by the games area all the time right by their booth and like gives Zyla the stink eye every time she walks by why is Camille there so much is my thing like why does know. she hang around this place so much for one reason and one reason only because Kai's there and well, I've she- been there girl I've been there when <laughs> I had a my first I just told you that I had the same boyfriend throughout all of high school mm-hmm. I had a huge crush on him before we dated and his grandmother's house was like 
a quarter of a mile from my house and I had to walk my dog every day after school. And why wouldn't I walk by his grandma's house? Of course. Just in case he was there like raking the leaves or mowing the lawn or something. Like, and <laughs> I know like, as a 32 year old adult, I'm like, Bethany, that was really shady. Like that was really inappropriate behavior. But like at 15, I was like, how else am I going to see him? Right. I I will, I will admit, um, to doing the same thing, not the house, but so when I was in high school, there was this one guy who I had a crush on for like forever. I'm telling you like my whole high school thing. I did. He didn't even go to my high school. I I met him from like, I don't know, somewhere outside of high school. It was so random, but he always ended up like at these different places. So like he worked at express for a little bit. So I would be like, Ted say to my best friend, Hey, let's go to the mall this weekend. And like, we would, I just, because I wanted to go and express and see him while he was yep. working. And like, I would try clothes on and he'd be around and be like, Nick, what do you think of this one? And like, Oh my God, you're so, so horrible. Cute. Do I know. you like all my outfit? I well, love and, it. <laughs> and then, and then at one point he worked at um, our, our local amusement park. And so when I would go to the amusement park, I would go and like, I knew exactly where he worked, what, which like he worked in food, like selling, it was like French fries and pizza. So I knew exactly where he worked and I would always, that's where I would always go to get food. Not because I necessarily wanted French fries or pizza, but because I wanted to see him. So not to like encourage this behavior and like in young (laughs) listeners, but it worked. I dated him for like four years. So (laughs) I mean, there was, there was one day that it rained. And so he was like, I'll walk you back home since it's raining and you have your dog. And then like a week later, he asked me to homecoming. So there you go. I'm not saying go do it, but it did work. Now to be fair, I lived in a really small town. So it was yeah. kind of it was kind of conceivable to walk like a quarter of a mile from my house. Thank you, Quentin. <laughs> you guys, Quentin just brought me a soda, and it's in a little cozy, a little, a little cozy, so it stays cold. Very cute. Anyways, <laughs> but, yes. but I, I know that I will say like I know it's creepy, and I probably shouldn't have done it, but I was fifteen and it worked. So you know, I mean, we all do that kind of stuff when we're teenagers and in high school. It's just fun, and it's funny. <laughs> So I can't imagine doing not to be fair, I've been married for like a decade. So whatever. But like, I can't imagine doing that now and not feeling like a total creepy stalker person. But like when I was a teenager, I was like, I didn't have any classes with him. And I'd had a crush on him since eighth grade. So yeah, I mean, that's how it was for me too. So it makes sense. I get it. The other thing that I thought was really funny with drama for this was when they go to a party and like three <laughs> of Kai's ex-girlfriends are there and oh my he's, gosh. he's freaking out because he's like, oh my gosh, all three of them are here. And she meets all of them like at the same time and they're all talking to her and she actually kind of becomes friends with them, which is really funny too. <laughs> Well, and I I also have to take into consideration that like, I think when you're this age and you have an, a quote ex, it's like, how long did they really date? Like how, how serious was that relationship? And then it's like, actually it was very serious because you're a teenager, right? When you're a teenager, every relationship is serious and every Mm -hmm. relationship is we're going to be together forever. (laughs) Um, That's why so many pop songs are nothing but like together forever love and then the breakup song is like the worst thing that's ever happened to them like olivia rodrigo is like 17 and her whole first album is brilliant brilliant but listening to it i was like i feel like i'm 17 again like this Mm -hmm. could have been when i got my heart broken 
Like, where was this song when I got my heart broken? I literally, <laughs> I literally was listening. Our, Olivia Rodrigo came on the radio the other day when I was in the car and I, I just sat there and I thought, man, this girl's been through a lot of breakups or something like because all of her songs are like that. They're and you know, what's funny it. is she's only been through one breakup. Hmm. That's well, just all one experience. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. it must've been but, quite an experience. Right. But like, <laughs> I think when, I think when you're a teenager, when I, I shouldn't say when you're a teenager, because I shouldn't speak for other people, but when I was a teenager, everything was the biggest thing in the world. High yeah. school was the biggest thing in the world. And the worst lie anyone can ever tell a teenager is these are the best four years of your life. First of all, they're really, really not. No. They're really not. You've got acne, you've got puberty, you've got <sighs> Spanish exams, you've got drama, <laughs> you've got the cool kids who have everything figured out where you don't, mm-hmm. you have like different clubs and cliques that you don't belong in. You might have a part-time job when all of your friends don't have to work. Like yeah. high school is not the best four years of your life. It's hard. All, it shouldn't be. No. You are 18. You are barely on the planet at all when you get done with high school. Yeah. If that's the best four years of your life, the rest of it is downhill. And that's super depressing. So Agreed. if you're listening to this and you're a teenager and somebody tells you like, these are the best four years of your life, just mentally tell them to F off because it's not true. <laughs> and also college so much better. So much, college, better. So much better. At least for me. Like I, I went to a junior it. college and it was still better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But what I like too is here is where we see, like when they go to the Halloween party, this is where we see Zyla's like insecurities. So again, there's that, you know, realism of not just drama, but like, this is how I, you know, as a teenager, sometimes we really feel about things because she gets really upset because she thinks that her Halloween costume isn't good enough compared to all the other girls and that she doesn't look good. And she's different from all the other ex-girlfriends. So she's like, why would he even be interested in me when I'm so different than all of his other ex-girlfriends? Am I about to be the next ex-girlfriend? Like, yeah. yeah. And she freaks out and then he gets upset because he doesn't understand what's happening because she just kind of snaps at him. But then they do finally talk about it and they get it all figured out and he's all reassuring and, you know, you're amazing and whatever. And then she's like, okay. I mean, and that still happens. Like when you're upset and you snap at somebody, you don't always clue them in as to why you're frustrated. Right. That I I did that to my husband this morning. I was like in the middle, we're moving and we're filing an insurance claim for all the stuff they got broken. And I was like trying to find the itemized list of specific boxes. So I could say like, okay, this is what was broken. And this is the box it was in. And he was like talking to me at the same time. Mm. And I was like, stop it. No, that's not right. Wait, what? Like, it's just like, I like turned to him and I was like, I need you to zip it for just like three seconds while I figure out what's going on. Like, I can't focus on that many things at once. No. And it's like, even as adults, even as like grown people who've been in relationships for a really long time, it's so easy to be in your own head for Mm -hmm. so long that by the time you finally verbalize it, nobody else knows what's happening. Exactly. And that's exactly what happens to them. Yeah. But and it's it's just more of that realism that I appreciate so much. Yeah. But then they figure it out. So that could be the tagline for this whole book. There was drama, <laughs> but then they figure it out. So it's fine. That's so true. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. We'll have to um like email or like message Christina Forrest with that tagline. Be yeah. Like, hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here's this. <laughs> See what she says. <laughs> so I really love the development of their relationship throughout the book. So, mm-hmm. okay. So when we start, obviously, as I, or Kai, yeah, I'm going to start that again. When we start, Kai and, and Camille have, we have our big breakup scene, which is super dramatic. And then he gets in trouble at work. And because his boss is actually friends with his aunt and uncle, his aunt and uncle find out about it right away. And then they give him this whole spiel about you're not allowed to date because we need you to focus on school so you can get into this college that you want and all this stuff. So he's like, okay, I can't date. Fine. And then there's Zyla who doesn't want to date because of the situation with her parents. So, cause her parents are divorced because her dad cheated on her mom and they live uh, completely different states. And on top of that, her mom just constant is like just continuously dating all the time. And she's always has somebody new and she's always getting a heartbroken. And Zyla is always there, like trying to comfort her mom and help her pick up the pieces. So it's just like, reoccurring bad cycle that happens over and over and Zyla's like there's no way I'm putting myself through anything like that 100% agree with that though because like when again when you're young you base a lot of your experiences off of the experience of other people and all you've seen is your parents got a divorce and your mom is like constantly dating breaking up picking up the pieces of herself Mm -hmm. and then continuing on And doing that is at the sacrifice of her relationship with her own children. And I can totally see why Zyla, between that and like just general high school drama, I can totally see why she would be like, I'm not getting anywhere near that. Like I have my, Mm -hmm. I have goals and ambitions. I want to be a fashion designer. I want to go to this school in Paris. Like I do not have time to get distracted by relationships. So I definitely think that that's like, I think that that's an entire mood. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it really is. That's for, a whole vibe. It totally is, especially for Zyla, you know? And I love that she's wanting to be in a fashion a fashion designer. And the funny thing is, is that this that whole bit with her wanting to be in fashion came about because of like one of her mom's breakups and something that happened. Yeah. And then her mom was like, here, I, I'm just take this sewing machine. I need you to do something or whatever and work on this. And so to help her deal with the relationship issues. So then she got the sewing machine and she started showing sewing stuff. And so then she became really into fashion. And now that's what she wants to do is be a fashion designer and go to school in Paris and this whole thing, which is really I think cool. So often that that's what happens in life that, that kind of influences what you do decide yeah. um, to do with your life is it's one small thing. And some people, they take a lot of time to to figure out what they want to do with their life. But some people, it's just like this one tiny influential thing. And then it's like, yep, that's what I want my whole life to be about. That was for me, library. Um, I'm a librarian. And that was what, for me, what was a trigger? Like, I always loved going to the library mm-hmm. and I loved reading. But the first time I considered it as like, I could do this for a job um, <laughs> when I became a library worker at my junior high school, because I was like, I basically just organize books all day. Like this is rad. Now to be <laughs> fair, being an actual librarian, you don't actually have a lot of time to read. There's, it's like 90% <laughs> logistics and organization. But I do think that that was a huge influence on me because like basically from that moment on, I was like, 
I think this is what I want to do. Like, I think if I have to have a job that requires a degree and a career and a 401k, like I want to be a librarian. Yeah. And I think it's so influential at a time in your life when you're trying to figure out everything from what you're going to wear to where you're going to go to college. Like you need those tiny moments of influence to really capture your attention so that you can decide, yes, this is what I want to do. Yes, exactly. Very well said, Bethany. Thank you. (laughs) So what's fun is that they're both like really attracted to each other right away. In fact, you know, like 10 minutes after like the first day that they meet and work together in the booth, which is the same day, mind you, as the fight, because the boss moves Kai immediately from the tilt to whirl over to the games. Like that same day when he and Camille had this huge fight at the end of their shift, he asks Zyla out like right away, which also shows you again, Kai and all of his ladies, but like, and his refusal to accept the terms of his agreement with his aunt and uncle who are like well dude that, no more girlfriends that was before he got in trouble that's right that was it was before he that. that's right they were like you and your girl you and one of your girlfriend dramas caused this at work uh-huh. so. <laughs> so so they're not like really able to date because he's not supposed to be dating and she doesn't want to date but they end up becoming really good friends because they talk you know a lot to each other while they're working at the booth and then they discover that they actually live pretty close to each other, which is so funny. Well, I mean, it's cute because he goes for a run, like he runs at night and he runs by her house. And so, you know, he always tells her, yeah, he, I run by like at midnight. And then like the one night when he told her that he ran by and she was, you know, she had been like, well, call up or tap on my, what did she say to do something? So she, to get her attention or call her name. I think it just was. So, so she, you know, it was like midnight and she waited up and then he was out there and she saw him. So it was really cute. So it's so sweet. It's such a cute moment where it's like, see, he has a lot of girlfriends, but he's a sweet guy. He just hasn't found the one yet, which is kind of to be expected for someone who's 18 years old. Right. (laughs) So yeah, so they spend a lot of time together and they become good friends, but they do realize that they, they really have feelings for each other and they, and despite both of their better judgment and all the things they do start dating. Um, and I love like some of the moments that we have in their relationship. Like, let's talk about the Philadelphia trip. Okay. Like, Hey, can we just, I mean, so she wants her mom told her, her Zyla's mom told her she was going to take her to Philadelphia for the day. Cause they live outside of Philly to go to this fabric store to get fabric for her, for a piece that portfolio. she's put into. Yeah. For her portfolio. Yeah. But then Zyla's mom ends up making a date with someone. And so she's like, even though she promised, even though she promised Zyla that it was over and she wasn't going to make a date and she was going to mm-hmm. be there for Zyla and she wasn't going to put anyone before Zyla, even though she did all that, then Zyla's like, okay, time to go. And her mom's like, uh-oh. And it's like, what do you mean, uh-oh? Like, we're uh-huh. literally leaving right now. Yeah. And her mom was like, I can't. And so Zyla was really upset, understandably. She's like crying. She goes outside on her porch. And for some reason, on this particular day, Kai just happened to go running in the morning instead of his usual midnight run. So he ran by her house and saw her. And then they got talking. And then he's like, 
Well, I'll go to Philadelphia. Yeah. (laughs) So it was awesome. So he goes to Philadelphia with her, which is like really cool because he, you know, was just like spur the moment. And then when they go to the fabric store, this is my favorite part. When they go to the fabric store, it starts raining and, you know, she had bought her fabric, but then she was like, oh man, my hair's going to get all ruined or whatever. And so he says, hang on a minute. He goes back inside the fabric store. He comes back out and he has this like piece of fabric that he bought for her to put over her head to cover her hair. Like that's so sweet. It is the sweetest and just cutest thing. Cause it's not like she would have brought her bonnet with her to Philadelphia. So how is she gonna protect her hair when it rains? Like yeah. I thought that was the sweetest thing. And if they hadn't checked the weather, she didn't know it was gonna rain. You right. know. And he's like, here, I'll protect your hair. And he just buys her this piece of fabric to put over her head. Like, how cute it's is that? so sweet. Oh, my gosh. It's so sweet. The other really cute moment that I loved was at the homecoming dance because he gets elected homecoming king and mm-hmm. a different girl is homecoming queen. And so they have to dance together as king and because queen. Because they don't go to the same school. Right. Right, right. right. Go to two separate she schools. can't be the queen of a school she doesn't go to. Right. <laughs> right. But at least it wasn't Camille that was queen. No, no. Camille was hoping it was going to be her, but it was <laughs> So he has to dance for a whole song. He's supposed to dance for one whole song with the queen, but he only dances with her for one verse. And then for the second verse, um, this other boy comes over to dance with the queen and Kai goes over to Zyla and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I want to dance with you. And he pulls her out onto the floor instead. And it's really sweet. That's adorable. I I agree. It's like a movie moment. Yes, it is. It's definitely a movie moment. But it happens in the middle of the story. And usually that would be like the end of the movie. That's very true. Like Mean Girls and Starstruck and Picture Perfect and yeah. Mm-hmm. Every or, Disney Channel movie. <laughs> dare <laughs> This is true. Or dare I even say very similar to uh, Taylor Swift's music video for You Belong you With belong Me. You Belong With Me. Yep. 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 <laughs> that was like the yep. first thing that I thought of. <laughs> we that's love funny Taylor. That that's the first thing you thought of. And I started thinking of like teen movies. I know you're more obsessed with her than I am. <laughs> I know. No. But anyways. Um, so, okay. I, I kind of, I want to talk about Zyla's dad too. Like, okay. Her mom and her dad are divorced, right? She doesn't, she doesn't like talking to her dad at all. Her younger sister will, but she doesn't like talking to her dad and she doesn't really have a good relationship with him. And then all of a sudden her dad comes to visit. Right. And she's like, Oh, but then he decides he's going to stay for a while. He eventually decides he's going to move there so he can be closer to her, which is cool. Okay, fine. But the problem that I had was before that happens, we have, (laughs) we have the Valentine's day incident, (laughs) which (laughs) I loved. So Kai's friend works at the planetarium he sneaks Zyla and Kai into the planetarium on Valentine's Day night when it's closed to have a romantic evening together, like to have a picnic dinner and then, you know, <laughs> to progress onto other things. Their first time. Very Ross and Rachel. Yes. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> 
So no, I think that like what's interesting about the dad thing is that he's so incredibly disinterested in uh-huh. like 90% of her life. Right. And he does have a decent relationship with his other daughter, mostly because I think she's too young to understand the impact that a divorce had on their mother and on them as a family unit because he's yes. been so uh, like absent and neglectful. But then like he doesn't really talk to her about school or her future or college or her friends or her boyfriends. And then all of a sudden she gets they have this misunderstanding at the planetarium which they did, they were in the wrong. I know somebody like snuck them yeah. in, but like, they still like trespassed and were like doing stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden he's like, no, that's not how my daughter should behave. And that guy's not good enough for you. And he's a right. boy and you're grounded for forever. And she's like, who the hell do you think you are? Like, that, and that's what I was like, thinking. I'm your dad. And she's like, are you? Like not really in the picture. All of a sudden you're here for a visit and you decide to show up and be daddy. And her mom, what bothered me too, is her mom didn't even say anything. Right. And I was like, like I'm like, why are you letting dad throw the shots right now? Yeah. Like if it were me, I'd be like, excuse me, you have not even been in the picture. You don't know him. You don't really know what she's been going through and what she's like. And you think you can come in here and all of a sudden just just take over and punish yeah. her. Excuse me. <laughs> like, well, and the no. other thing is, like, I was really frustrated that her mom was so harsh on Zyla for that situation. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, mom, how much shade have you had? Like just in this book, not yeah. even in the like flashback scenes that Zyla has told us about all the stuff you've done, but like just the few moments in this book, you've had some really shady behavior. Yeah. And you're going to like judge Zyla for one mistake. Mm-mm. Like not okay. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't even know about Zyla and Kai, like having sex in the, in right. the planetarium. They just knew that they right. broke in and got caught because, but by the one time when they got caught, they were already clothed back again. So they had the clothes back on. So nobody knew what had happened, but like. But another, um, another realistic moment in a teenager's life, especially in high school, dealing with the peer pressure. And Mm -hmm. do you have sex? When do you have sex? How do you know if it's right? Or if you're old enough, how do you know the proper way to protect yourself? Where are you Mm -hmm. supposed to do this when you both live with your parents? Right. Like, I think that that kind of scene is very important to have in young adult literature because so many teens don't know anything about it other than like what they see in movies and tv shows which is usually with grown adults not teenagers unless you're watching pretty little liars like i was Um, (laughs) the author does approach it that way too because they Mm -hmm. do like talk about it first and you know they're not sure and they wait and so she does approach it like that too which i think is great and they're both hesitant Not just the girl. I think a lot of times, especially in like dramatizations, the, the pressure comes from the boy to the girl. Mm -hmm. And I think in this way, the the way that it was written kind of comes off as both of them are nervous and anxious and insecure about it. And it's not one of them pressuring the other. It's both of them trying to decide if they want to take that step together or not. Right. So I, I really liked how that was written. It was very well done. And then of course, you know, this is where Camille comes back into the picture with her drama because Camille found out that they were going there and well, okay. Kai 
told her, he didn't tell her what they were doing, but he told her that he was going to take Zyla to the planetarium, stupid Kai, <laughs> without thinking about it. And then so Camille saw, you know, that they got snuck in and whatever and was upset. And so she's the one who called the owner of the planetarium. I know. Seriously. (laughs) She caused all the drama and got them in trouble. Now, the other crazy thing about this whole planetarium situation is the fact that Zyla's mom like profusely apologizes to the planetarium, the woman who runs the planetarium, right? She runs into her at the grocery store. And so brings it up again. I'm really sorry about my daughter did. And then they start dating. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was like, I will say like, the thing with Camille is that Kai, one of the reasons Kai has so many ex-girlfriends is because he's like incapable of seeing the bad in other people. He always sees the good and he wants to think that they've changed, they've improved, they've gotten better. They've, you know, they've noticed their flaws that may have caused so many issues in the past. And like, that's why it's so easy for Camille to play him like a fiddle. And she does because he's like, you know, she's nice to him. And so he's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe she really is like growing up. Maybe she is really interested. And she's like, I really liked Zyla. How's Zyla doing? And he's like, see, she's not like jealous or anything. Uh-huh. She's taking an interest in my relationship. And of course she likes Zyla. Zyla is a good person. And so he confides in her about this big plan that he has. And Camille is like, thanks. Yep. And she does it again. Later yes. at the party, she does it again. And she kisses him. And of course, that's like right when Xyla walks in, right? right. Um, but again, teenage movie moment. This is like exactly. the movie moment. I could see it so well in my mind when I was reading yeah. it because this is always what happens. We know as the reader or the movie viewer that it's the ex-girlfriend who's going to trick the boy and kiss him. But of course, then that's when the current girlfriend walks right in and she doesn't know that. (laughs) And then she sees the kiss and we have the whole big scene and then they break up. Yep. Then they break up. The funny thing is that her mom and grandmother and his aunt and uncle thought that they broke up after the Valentine's Day incident. Because they told them to. Mm-hmm. It was they told them by to. the parents. Like, your punishment is you're grounded and you have to break up. And they were like, yeah, we broke up. Yeah, but we really didn't. Right. So then this is the point, like, months later when they actually break up. It's all another misunderstanding, right? Yeah, it is. And I get it from both sides. I totally get Zyla being like, dude, my best friend just got her heart broken. Like, I can't leave her right now. And I get Kai being like, I have been looking forward to seeing you for days. We never get to see each other anymore. This is the perfect opportunity for both of us to see each other without having to sneak around a lot. So, like, I'm sorry about your friend, too. But, like, I wanted to see my girlfriend. And I totally, totally get that. I had a similar situation when I was in (laughs) high school, when I was, like, 16 and I got grounded. Ah. And I snuck out to go to a party. So ah. I get to go. But like, I didn't boys. want to because I didn't want to get in trouble. Right. You know? Right. I don't you really sneaking out because I like got nervous about getting in trouble and I ended up just telling my mom and she drove me. But Aww. like, yeah, my mom like may have encouraged partying a little too much when I was in high school because she thought I was a nerd. So like, oh, that's hilarious. There was a lot of times where I was like, no, I can't do that. And she was like, 
Okay, you're ungrounded. Just like go do a teen thing. Stop reading in your room and like socialize with people your age. Like, because I was a nerd back then, just like I am now. But I just thought that was so relatable to have this like dramatic scene where it's like, I understand both sides of their fight. Right. I understand his side. I understand her side. And then when they get to the party and we see everything from his perspective, I knew mm -hmm. it. Like as soon as the two of them were alone outside oh, and she yeah. was like, I'm so cold. Like oh. I was like, he's going to, something's going to happen. Yep. She's going to kiss him. And that's going to be when Zyla walks in. And then I love Zyla being like, no, I can't run. Like I'm already crying. I already yelled at him. He already yelled at me. Like I have to just walk out of this party with like whatever small amount of dignity I have mm -hmm. left inside me. And I'm like, yes, I yep. get that because your instinct is to run and get out of there as fast as you can. Yeah. You can only save so much face. That's right. <laughs> you don't want to make it worse than it already is and be even yeah. more embarrassed even further in front of everybody else. But it's and like, that's another moment where he's like, he's like, Camille's like changed. She's, you know, ugh. she's really caring and she's just going through her own struggles in life. And I really should give yep. her a second chance. And then Camille pulls a Camille and she's like, she just takes advantage of him in that moment. And I, I know Camille was like, Zyla should show up. And even if she doesn't, I still win. Like, I right. think Camille had that mindset the whole time. Cause I don't think Camille even cares about Kai. I think it's the the win for her. Yeah. I think that's part of it too. Just kind of like wanting to prove that she can get him back and that he should be with her. Right. Because he broke up with her. Right. If she had broken up with him, it would have been different. Right. Or no, she did break up with him well, because she thought that they would get back together after a dramatic fight. Right. But then they didn't. So, <laughs> right. But still, it's just all dramatic. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he has but to have the last word. Yes. But I love that then, you know, he goes when he, to his next appointment with his therapist and he's talking about it with his therapist and, you know, later, like a week or so later, whatever. And he's saying how much he really misses Isla and how much he feels bad about it. And his therapist encourages him to tell her and to text mm -hmm. her and about the things that what he's feeling, but, in, and he does text her, but he doesn't text her like all of that. Instead, he just says, I miss you. Which is like but it's another relatable moment because he yeah. like types out this whole thing and then he races it and then he yep. types out another thing and he races it and then he types <laughs> out another thing and he's like, you know what? The only thing I want to tell her is that I miss her. I'm not going to sit here and explain like what happened, what I did wrong, what I didn't do wrong. I'm not going to make up excuses. I'm just going to be like, you know what I feel right now? I miss you. That's it. That's what's going on. And, and I thought that was so relatable. How many times have we written texts and deleted them? All or the time. like hit the send button and then immediately like inwardly cringed because it's like, uh -huh. oh, I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have done it. It already happened. Yep, for sure. <laughs> well, and that was like all that he needed, you know, those three words were enough because it was enough to get, it ended up being enough to get her attention because she missed yeah. him too. She really missed him too. So then they agree to meet up on senior day because the senior day takes place at the like ski resort slash water park place. Of which course I, it does. That's totally a thing. Which I still think is kind <laughs> of a funny combination, a ski right. resort slash water park, but whatever. It's fine. So but it's like it it's three like three different high schools all have one senior day and are there together. At this Which place. I think is cool, but also like, is it realistic? I don't think so. 
I, well, I mean, at least house, for me, so. like we, we didn't plan. Okay. So there were two schools that did plan stuff together, but it's because one was an all boys school and one was an all girls school. And so they would mm, plan okay. like social events and stuff like that together, but like the regular, you know, public schools didn't do that. So, but I mean, I don't know, but I think, isn't what, well, Zyla goes to a private school. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's her school and his school and like one other high school that are all at this resort place together on the same day. So they did decide that they were going to meet up. There was all kinds of drama before they meet up, which when we go into like the present day chapters is funny because nobody gets it straight. Like everybody's telling all kinds of weird stories. I love that they're like, well, remember when they, when they got arrested for breaking and entering? And then we're like, wait, when did that happen? And then you get to right. the scene where that happened and you're like, okay, that's not really like what went down. Right. You know, do you remember when they had that huge fight at the party and it was like three words? Like, it's so interesting to have that back and forth because that's, that's high school. That's the room. Yeah. Well, not high school. That's life in general. Like I yeah. remember my podcast, I, I started out with a co-host and then I had two co-hosts and then um, the pandemic happened and I went to just me and there were so many rumors that there was like this huge, huge, <laughs> like undertone rift that happened between me and my co-hosts and that we like hated each other and we had this big falling out. And I was like, no, yeah. like the pandemic ruined a lot for a lot of people. And they've come on episodes since then and been yeah. like, you guys, there's no tea to spill here. Gosh. Like <laughs> it's crazy. I was actually just on an episode like a week ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, well, like, that's just how it is, is it's like people can't always see like a simple situation. They're like, well, this doesn't make sense unless there's drama. So here's drama. Right. And so like with this one, they were saying like it's on senior day because mm-hmm. Zyla and Kai were supposed to meet up at a certain time and then it kept on getting pushed back. And so then he sees her with this group of boys from a different school but the rumor was that like he punched one of the boys and they kissed her yeah and they kissed Zyla and it was like this whole thing but that's not at all what happened no it was was a misunderstanding yeah again and I might have punched him too well you know (laughs) he was a little rude and abrasive but yes yeah so then they go to talk, but they have their backpacks with them because they were going to go like swimming or had just come from swimming in the water park or whatever. So they both had but their, then it's like they have their backpacks. Why would they carry their backpacks? They must be sneaking away. Right. So this list of people thought that they were running. Well, and you know what? I blame the guy who was working the, the lift, the ski lift. Yeah. Like really it's his fault. But I love that's, I completely forgot about that. I love that this story starts with a guy who's like a grown adult having drama <laughs> in his relationship and trying to get back with his ex. Uh-huh. And then we see an entire story of teenagers going through breakups and drama and trying to get back together. And then we get to the end of the book and the ski lift guy is like, ugh, my girlfriend's never going to forgive me now because I am too. I had to stay late at work and couldn't hang out with her. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I hope that teenagers reading this are like, Oh, okay. So like grownups are like, teenagers are so dramatic, but like it happens to everybody. Yes. 
because we are. Yeah. And he, it's his fault because he's he starts to tell people that he thought that, that they were running off together. They were running yeah. away, even though- Because he would have gotten in trouble and he had right. to save face. And he's like, well, they're not here to contradict my story. Right. So he makes up this thing, which starts all the trouble. And then everybody's freaking out because they're not back yet. But when in reality, they went up the ski lift Decided and it's to... only been like a couple of hours. Everybody's yeah. freaking out making it. And it seems like it's been like, I swear when you're reading it, it's like, man, they must've been gone for like 12 hours. And it's been like two and a half at the most. Yeah. It's really not that long. It's like, you guys are being awfully dramatic. It's like, we're searching the entire park. And it's like for a couple of hours. Right. Like movies make it seem like they won't look that early at all. <laughs> right. And like, all it is, is that they go, they wanted a quiet place to talk. So they mm-hmm. go up the ski lift to the top of the mountain and decide to walk back down. But then it rains, this like huge storm comes in. So they have to find some place to sit and like shelter to wait out the storm. So they weren't <laughs> running away. They just wanted to go talk. And then they got stuck in the storm. So but it's like such a huge crazy thing but they still don't really like figure things out completely when that happens so I like the ending of this because it's very it's very like Tom Hanks Meg Ryan Meg Ryan 1990s movie at the end of this book because Zyla texts him and she's like let's meet at Sailor Joe's where it all began no she doesn't say at Sailor Joe's she says let's meet where it all began which is why he ends up being late because he went to the wrong place. Well, he went to the wrong part of the park, of the amusement mm-hmm. park. Because he went to the game. No, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. He, yeah. he went to the game booth where they were working together, but she wasn't there. And then he realized that she meant the place where they first kissed, which mm-hmm. is also at the amusement park. So then he goes there. She was just about to leave because she didn't think he was coming because he was late. But then he's there. And then... um they kind of talk it out and then they say that they want to start over. And so they like introduce, reintroduce themselves and then decide to go on the Ferris wheel together. And that is the, not the end. Like she says at the end of the book, I love it. How she ends it. It is just says, and this is where their story ends, but she has ends crossed out and says begins. So yeah, it's, it's really so cool. Sweet. Yeah. And Zyla, I forgot Zyla drew him a picture. She brings a picture with her that she drew of the two of them, like talking with her in Paris and him at his college. And she's wearing a shirt that has hearts all over it because they had had this conversation about, you know, people like wearing their heart on their sleeve. And so he's like, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve. And she's like, yeah, I am. And so it was like this whole, like, you know, movie moment. The whole like inner monologue about doing a grand romantic gesture, because I do feel like, especially like what you just talked about with like movies and TV shows and books, like I feel like we put a lot of pressure on the boy to Mm -hmm. do the big grand romantic gesture, like asking them to prom or proposing or, or making up after a fight or like any scene in a movie, I swear it's like the guy messed up and this is his grand mm-hmm. gesture to fix it. And I love that Zyla is like, actually, Kai always does big romantic things and I never do anything. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I could come up with something to let him know that like, I'm a cynic, but you changed that part of me. And I just love that there was like an acknowledgement of like, we put a lot of pressure on the male counterparts of relationships to have mm-hmm. this specific 
trait or quality and not not enough and there's no pressure on the female counterpart to give the same like energy into the relationship to right. put in the same work and that same effort like it's even there's even a stigma against like girls proposing which right. i think is crazy yeah we should be able to do that too if we want to darn it right <laughs> But although yeah. I might never have been married if if I did, if I had to propose because it never occurred to me. So, but still, <laughs> it's the it's the thought behind it. I get right. it. Like, maybe yeah. if I wasn't twenty two, maybe if I was like twenty eight and we were still together, maybe I would have been like, maybe we should get married. But like, yeah, when I was twenty two, it wasn't exactly like on the forefront, right? Still, I I do love that. Also, I love that Zyla is the one who does the big romantic gesture, and because he, because you know, he's the one who texts her first and says, "I miss you." So then it it really works well that she's the one who then comes out at the end and is like, "Okay, I'm gonna do this. We're gonna get back together. We're gonna make this work." So, and I I, I love how they like helped each other grow and change throughout the book because they were both like he was just like a teenage womanizer in a way. <laughs> I don't want to say it like that, but you he know, was, he was definitely like Joey from friends. Cause like he dated yeah. a lot, but he, he wasn't like, he wasn't like a player. He didn't no. like trick them into dating him. It wasn't like, you no. know, making up stories or pretending he was cooler than he was or anything like that. Like he just was very popular with the ladies. Yeah. And she was just a cynic and rightfully so based on what yeah. she's experienced in her family. And based on the representation of love that she's experienced. Yeah. 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 So, you know, she didn't even believe in it or want to be in love, but then they helped each other see, you know, he was like, Oh, he'd like, he tells her, I've never felt like this about anybody else before. And now I really understand what it is to love somebody. And, you know, like you said, you know, she told him that he showed her what it's like also what it, in that it's okay. And she doesn't have to be afraid and constantly worried that somebody's going to leave her or break her heart because it can be good also. So just, so just a fabulous, sweet, awesome YA contemporary romance all the way around. So, and I really enjoyed it a lot. I did too. Now so. I have to ask, what do you think happened next? Do you I, think that they made it work and she went to Paris and he went to college and eventually they found their way back to each other and they got married and lived happily ever after? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that they definitely try and make it work when she goes off to Paris and he goes to his school. I don't know for sure if it's a forever after, but who knows? It could be. What do you think? It could be. I think, I think there's, there's three possibilities. They don't make it work mm -hmm. because long distance, especially at that level, super hard. Um, they do make it work and they get married and they live happily ever after. Or one of them moves. One of them mm. drops out of school and moves to be with the other one. It causes resentment. They break up. That's my thought. All good options. <laughs> but obviously we want to believe that they fall in love and they stay together forever. Of course. Right. Because that's what we're supposed, supposed to believe. Hard. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. It happens. It does. So all the time. So, all right. Well, this was lots of fun as always, Bethany. Why don't you uh, tell everybody about your social media and all that good stuff? Um, you can find me everywhere at Bethany Finger, 
F-I-N-N-G-E-R. And you can find my podcast everywhere at Prince Kathy and Pod. Yes. And I will put links in the show notes to that today. Oh, thank you. Of course. As if it's not already in like half of my other episodes, but it's fine. I know, right? It's like at this point, <laughs> people probably know who I am, but you never know. Maybe this is their first episode. It's very possible. And if this is your first episode, I have plenty Welcome. more welcome and yeah bethany's on a lot so that's why we're talking like this but that's why i'm the bestie yes anyways. yes <laughs> all right well thank you so much bethany and thank you. thank you to all of you for listening and we will chat again soon today's episode featured the book xyla and kai by christina forrest be sure to follow YA Book Chat on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you get your episodes as soon as they are available. Have you checked out the YA Book Chat Patreon yet? You should. There's lots of great perks for members. YA Book Chat was created by, is hosted, and edited by me, Leah Stuhler.